Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 16, 2020, over here on twitch.tv focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around the exploring the remaining half of the lore book Duress and Egress. This particular episode will serve as we have come to call it the intro session of this week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of all we have with us tonight on the show. It is I, green-eyed music lover, Blue has stepped away for a moment. <laughs> And, and yeah, it's gonna be something. Uh, hi, this is the new one, Orchid. <laughs> yes, hey, it's Orchid. Hey, it's- and we managed to convince Orchid's other co-host. We have merged the two shows into one this evening and have invited I Am Elemist from Guardians of Lore with us. E, how are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how we merged the two shows. <laughs> I'm good, I mean- though. They had a weird yeah. baby, I think. We're, yeah, a little bit. I, I'm not sure if the child's, like, it's not a toddler yet. We're getting to that phase. And uh, I know there's some things coming up in the near future regarding that. And by the time this episode comes out, is probably actually going to be live. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've combined the groups together. Our powers combined make the uh, who's paying for child support? <laughs> Blue is paying for child support. Yes. <laughs> Blue is paying a child support. He's not support. here to like defend himself, so. This is true. Yeah. This is true. I'm just the dad that says, go go talk to your mother. Is Blue the mom? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Blue's too logical to be the emotional like strength that you need for a family to work. That's what I... For some reason, that's how I associate mothers as just being kind of like that core strength emotionally. But that's not always true anyway. My mom used to smack me with a wooden spoon whenever we'd go to Safeway because I'd always Mine mouth off too. at her. I didn't mouth off, but I did get s- I, I, green as mom. I mean, yeah, sure. What yeah. does that make Orchid, though? What does that make me? The mm-hmm. otter. Yes, the pet. <laughs> the louder you are, the otter you are. The concerned aunt. <laughs> the concerned aunt. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I think all of us are kind of concerned, though. But having Elemist on and Orchid on, I actually want to talk to you guys a little bit about 
Guardians of Lore and where you guys are heading with it, because things are changing on your guys' end, too. So you guys want to talk about that a little bit and what's what's new, what's the same, what's moving forward? Sure. Um, in the last couple of weeks, um, two of our co-hosts have decided to step back from the podcast. Hyven and Mrs. Hyven have left the show, and we wish them all the best because they wanted to take time for themselves. And um, because, I, you know, being on a podcast is a lot of work, and doing a yes, podcast is. is a ton of work, and it's a lot of time commitment. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. really just kind of wanted to... You know, they just bought a new house and, you know, they're getting a new puppy and they just wanted to have more family time to themselves. So, and I we don't... totally wish them all the best. So now Elmist yeah. and I are driving the show. It's just the two of us. I've got a lazy is... eye. My driving skills are horrendous. This so... is why I'm driving. <laughs> so Orchid's driving. My driving skills are great. He is luring it up. Mm-hmm. Are you guys still doing the same format where you guys read through the cards and then discuss it? Yes. Yeah. It's still a Destiny book club of the lore books is what we've kind of decided the format is. Because we really did kind of discuss it. We're like, what do you even call this format that we do? Yeah. We used to do that, but with some of the books are just so stinking big that you couldn't get as much inf- like information out without devoting a huge chunk of time to each card. Oh, yeah. That's. That's why we really break the books up into, you know, if like the Marasena is four or five episodes for that mm-hmm. lore book, that's so we can like actually devote the time that we need to each very long card and, you know, unpack all that really disgustingly purple prose because purple prose, excuse me. Yeah, the Marasena is my most hated of all the lore I... books. I <laughs> do not like it green that's fine i hate i hated recording it i hated recording it i hate it i love the lore though yeah the lore is good the way it's written is not my favorite um but it reads like the bible it reads to me oh yeah kind of it to me it reads like somebody who found a thesaurus for the first time and then they like looked up all the worst words they could possibly use and then just used all of those they're like i'm excited i could use this language for the first time ever let me just vomit all over this page (laughs) oh my gosh e what do you think well i'm like i i agree with green considering it technically is mara's bible Mm mm-hmm it, it makes sense that it reads that way. It is a pain, though. Not going to lie. It is a pain to record and sound like you're having a conversation mm-hmm. and you're not dictating something from upon high. Because yeah. I feel like I'm Moses reading it at times. Oh, yeah. Just very pompous. Very, very pompous every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I'm excited to see where you guys head with your guys' show, and I m- kind of teased a little bit that our show is going to be changing things up pretty soon, too, when it comes to our Discord channels. We're going to be doing something very, very special with Guardians of Lore, because they are awesome and allowing us to... Um, We're absorbing you into our own. Thank you for finishing the sentence. Yep. <laughs> It's awkward still, though. I, I, um, nope, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> hey, I'm being family-friendly here, guys. And why are you both looking at me like you don't believe me? Because <laughs> I don't. I, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, come on. Come on, Orchid. Wrong eye. 
<laughs> oh my god! I, I keep forgetting good eye, not bad eye. Um, exactly. So we're actually going to start merging our discords. So everybody who's in Focus Fire Chat, um, you can start saying goodbye to that discord. Come over to our discord. We're going to put them all together mm-hmm. into one big happy mishmash family. Yep. Um, what's going to end up happening on our end from FFC is basically within the next week, I'm going to make an announcement and post uh, Alamist and Orchid's Discord link, and you guys will be able to transfer over there, and we're going to have our own little pocket of it, but also just be a part of the larger lore community. I've, I tossed around the other an idea the other day as far as what we're going to call it. Did you guys catch that when I posted I it? I the tasty lore shop, <laughs> I think, or the tasty lore something Discord. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, we still haven't, yeah. So we we were talking about having like a little bit of a contest, a little bit of just like a fun kind of um, way for someone to design a bit of a logo for us, like figure out a name, whatever you wanted for the merger of our two discords. Um, you can come on both of our shows and say hi, have a guest spot, and we're hoping to get all of this done before Beyond Light because we want mm-hmm. the we want it to be merged and complete before then. Yeah the the plan is to have the FFC dedicated Discord shut down by I believe we said what was November sixth. Yeah, we at least like, like a, a few think days a week before. before Beyond Light. Yeah, something like that. Uh, world domination with otters is definitely part of my plan. Yes. I'm working on that part. One, one tweet at a time. Yeah. Before we go into the main meat of the episode, though, where we're going to talk about Anna in particular this episode, I do want to shout out a few um, showkeeping notes. One of those, which is go and check out Guardians of Lore if you haven't already. And if you haven't, what is wrong with you? Aww. Go and check out Destiny Lore Audio File, which is the um, podcast that I have started putting out with the help of a few different community members who have volunteered their voice acting skills and their reading skills to present lore books without any commentary or analysis or anything like that. It is just the lore itself being read or performed for your listening pleasure with a backing track of Destiny music. That is at Destiny Lore Audio File. Uh, we're everywhere on Spotify, Podbean, any app you can think of, you know, iTunes. all the normal spots. Mm-hmm. iTunes, yes, the important one, the one that filters it to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last one is go and check out the Lore Network if you haven't. We are changing some things up there as well, and it's going to be more community-wide focus rather than article focus. So Blue, I know, would appreciate it if you guys did that, but... Let me do a quick little ad break here, and we will dive into Anna Bray within the Dress and Egress. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE to PvP and everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We, we hope, hope you, you check, check us, us out. out. Thanks. And 
here's what I want to do. I want to have, we're going to play Guardians of Lore style with this within this book because you guys have a good format for this book in particular. I'm watching Orchid that you guys can't see doing the YMCA I'm in doing, the background I'm in a sheep go, costume. She's airbending in the background. Probably. Would you like to read the first book or the first entry, Orchid? Sure. Anna Freed? Sure, sure, sure. I would love to. <laughs> Bike flag, I'm so confused. <laughs> airbending in a sheep onesie? <laughs> yes, she is. All right. I'm going to read the lore card called Anna Freyd. She had tried everything. The Great Bray, a lineage that promised to save them. For all her genius and moxie, this was beyond her. Rasputin lay dying in a dozen empty screens splayed out around Anna's command station. She could visualize the bleeding code running through her fingers. Zavala's voice was in her ear as ambient haze relegated to the background of her mind like distant gunfire. The image of the pyramid's distortion wave was still raw. This wasn't an attack. It was a command. A lazy dismissal of all their best laid plans. There were no explosions. No blaring sirens or sparks of dramatic electricity. Nothing to combat or fix. Just a guardian walled in silent black glass and disbelief. She had been so sure. Anna's eyes tracked Jinju as the ghost sped from console to console, attaching strings of light to each. They slowed her as she went, buried under some load. Anna, Jinju's voice strained under crushing distortion. I think I've got him, most of him, but not for long. The words cut through the distant gunfire. What? Anna asked. Her voice came softly at first, unsure what form to take as the information processed. What? Jinju groaned and whispered as exasperated pillory in Graham. It's not ready. Anna, now. He'll go insane. I can't. The light tethers attached to Jinju began to pop one by one. It's this or nothing. The prospect sent, the prospect sent Anna tearing across the room. She belted a command into the air and a floor safe opened in response. Anna snatched the dodecahedron enclosure from the safe and braced it in front of Jinju. Jinju, do it. The ghost shell reformed to forge a directing structure before her core erupted with light and data. A stream of pure information beamed into the engram, filling it with spiral wisps of light. Did you? As much as I could. Outside the windows, bolts of atmospheric friction dragged frames through the sky as warsats plummeted from low earth defensive positions. Their impacts were distant. There's a few different things in here that I've always wanted to ask other people, and I just kind of kept it to myself. One of those things being, if this is not an attack, it is an attack in some ways from the pyramid, right? Like this whole card is describing what's happening to Rasputin, but Anna says it's it's executed as a command since Rasputin is computerized data, essentially. Mm -hmm. What did the pyramids, A, how did the pyramid have enough knowledge or understanding of computer processes to send out an attack like this that is what is are they scattering Rasputin how how do you think they're it's actually attacking him I think Elemist might know that better than myself he's honestly what do you think I, I don't know um I mean we know he got shut down when the pyramids first showed up mm -hmm. um and f considering how how large Rasputin is, it would take some 
tremendous amount of either like honestly because a lot of his code was left intact i don't think it was anything dealing with like magnetism but for all i know they might have just overloaded his his power core and that's interesting right like if your surge protector goes out and you've got your computer on your computer's going to shut off because there's nothing going to it Right, but does it actually directly affect the data that is being contained within the processor? Uh, it, it affects anything in the processor and um, RAM, but it doesn't affect the hard drive unless there was something being okay. written to the hard drive at that point. Okay, so depending on how Rasputin actually functions within his normal processes, <laughs> if he has a solid-state drive or if he still has one of the old spinny drives kind of thing... It could theoretically mess with him on that level even. Yeah, it could. Uh, I think Penn's is saying it best. You know, it, it was a dirty shutdown. It wasn't a clean disconnect. Do you think we lost some of the data from Rasputin because of the mention of uh, some of the lights popping off of Jinju? Do you think he's going to be intact or do you think we're going to be missing quite a bit? I think the majority of him is going to be intact, but I, I do think that there was some data that was lost. I'm curious whether or not they have a backup situation built in because later on in this this point of view, Anna talks about how some of the, what is it, the Valkyrie protocol is still running. It runs on kind of a background type thing, though most of Mars is already shut down. That would be This is the entry to, yeah, this is the entry that they also discussed the uh, pillory engram. <laughs> All I'm thinking is we've got the name for what our bright engram is going to be next season now. <laughs> Do we think it's going to be a pillory engram? I, I I have no idea. I mean, I thought maybe the pillory engram was just the special orange engram that we saw in that cutscene that she had from. Yeah, could before. be. I, I mean, that's the only time we've ever seen like a special, different kind of looking engram. Some an engram that is so massive in its data store that yeah. it, can t- it can possibly contain at least a part of Rasputin mm-hmm. versus weapons and armor and whatnot that is actually fairly simple. Well, last time we um, talked about how they have bridges in them, but I mean that's like a physically yeah. large thing. That's not like a data large thing, right? Yeah, I, it's interesting to know that they have well. I'm getting ahead of myself. The pillory engram. Uh, the last time we had an, a mention of pillory itself, it was in the legacy cards, and the pillory program had that whole creepy spacewalk type feel where Anna goes to that site, often kind of deep space area, and gets attacked by something. You remember? Mm-hmm. I don't vaguely. It's in Legacy 2, and I got attacked by another Exo-style character that had been uh, reset thousands of times rather than just, like, 44. I mean, you know how Mm -hmm. bad. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah, it's an Echo. Mm -hmm. is Black Flag, thank you. But um, how bad Banshee is at 44 resets, Mm -hmm. this person or this being was reset thousands of times over many many years and it the way it was kind of described is kind of like that torture scene where you see the um character who has his eyes like 
plastered open or pulled open oh, with like yeah. little wires and mm-hmm. stuff like that and is being forced to watch yeah. the same thing over and over and over again and Anna goes out there and she's the one in the videos that was being shown to him so he tries to take her out right the pos- do you think that the reason why Anna even has a pillory in Graham is because she went out there do you think she actually recovered enough information after linking everything back oh. when we were doing the Rasputin season. You know what? That's a the, really good. Oh, now that you say it, yeah, that's entirely possible. I wouldn't have even put that together. Yeah. Heck, what if that pillory engram is literally just her external hard drive that she just carries with her? Possibly. I mean, Anna has been holding out on us this whole time and has this massive engram with her. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Jay. I know that you kind of stepped back in. We're talking about the pillory um, event, essentially, in Mm -hmm. Legacy 1 and 2. And how the pillory engram in the first card is mentioned that possibly Anna going out and finding all of these pieces of Rasputin and learning about the pillory program allowed her to have the engram itself to try to save Rasputin. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about that is that I find I find it interesting or kind of intriguing that she's using the pillory program to save Rasputin um, because that's not what the pillory program actually was designed to do. Um, the pillory program right. was designed to literally put Rasputin in a pillory um, as a safety and uh, safety measure. Um, did you guys already talk about like the, I, th- I know we talked about it back when we did the legacy entries, but like the actual, the actual definition of what a pillory is. Did you guys already touch on that? Nope. So like a pillory, like a pillory is the, um, everyone, I mean, I think this is kind of what we explained within the legacy episode. I'm, I was looking for my notes real quick. I couldn't find them, but a pillory is basically the stocks that, uh, you know, like in those, in those medieval, movies that you always see where they have them like they would put them in the stock yard or this not the stock yard but they put them in the stocks you know to hang them or not hang them but put them in the the central square and they'd have like this piece of wood that they put their head and their hands in and i know like the pocket like audio listeners probably have no idea what i'm doing but people in the live stream will see it but like it's like a it's literally a board that has a hole three holes it's got a big hole for your head and then two holes for your hands and they'd literally put you in the pillory and they would stockade yeah it's a stockade basically and and they would you know they would say you know you'd be there for like you know how x amount x amount of days or whatever and what it was what it was was it would allow the general population to come by and often like ridicule you or you know in some way debase you uh, that was oftentimes when you'd see people like throw rotten food at people and you know other things and like in 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 really basic mem- uh, movies i think pins might have just put a yeah yeah pins just put a good link to it um it's like it was like one of the most effective forms of medieval punishment and it didn't do like it, it wasn't like it didn't require you to die which was you know that was nice it allowed you to basically be punished and be ridiculed and then after you were done you i mean that was basically your penance was you had to stand there for whatever time but the thing is is like when you're in the actual pillory you know if you look at this this type of and i mean you can google search pillory or stockade 
Um, but if you look at it, the way that you're actually held in it, you are completely helpless, like completely helpless. Um, and that's where the concept of the pillory within the exoscience program was, was that it basically, if Rasputin ever stepped out of line, uh, the concept was, okay, well, we were going to basically slice and dice him um, into these different, I think there was 13 different pillory stations, if I remember correctly off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Yes. Um, and then that was going to be basically how they then quarantined. Because then if uh, if you remember back from the legacy entries, there's a call out that they're one-way communications. So the, the, the reason why is within the network setup is that information could be sent to these stations, but there was no way for the information to then be sent back. So once it gets sent to the pillory station, it is then isolated and quarantined within that station until someone from a Clovis Bray or until someone from the exoscience, you know, departments with enough authority basically came and did what I think. And I and I almost have a thought, I have a kind of a headcanon there that that is actually where the pillory engrams come in is because this might have been a way to reintegrate the aspects of the the pillory stations with one another is you would take these engrams because we know that X, you know, again, Clovis Bray was also the inventor of these engrams and the engram technology. So it could have been that this is the, the actual in game resolution for the pillory program. Um, it's like E said, it's Anna's thumbstick. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that, I mean, to be fair, that is what engrams are basically. I mean, they, they aren't because glimmer is pro- literally programmable matter, but like, that's how in my head I kind of always have pictured engrams is that literally it's a set of glimmer with particular data encoded in it. I mean, we talked about that last episode, right, with Sloan and the, the engram mm-hmm. with the bridge. It's literally, you know, and that's why the, um, the uh, just blanked the crypt, uh, gosh, man, cryptarchs. Gosh, there you go. There's the Rumble word I'm looking cryptarch? for. That's why cryptarchy is uh, is actually a thing, is because their entire th- their entire process is decoding the actual program language of the different engrams. That's where in game we have an explanation of the difference between common, uncommon, rare, legendary, and exotic. That's why we can decode blue engrams in on the field, but we cannot decode exotic engrams. Like if we, and this is. A, sometimes we can yeah i was gonna say this was sometimes this was they a, just pop yes this was a bigger thing in d1 i feel than it was in d than it is in d2 because like in d1 you would get legendary or exotic engrams and you had to go to a crypt art to decode them like you 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 were not able to decode those on your own um so it, it has changed and i i would attribute that to you know there's also an, a good explanation for that as well in game is you could just your character's gotten better at deprogramming stuff Ghost is useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's yeah, that is an argument that the ghost would be would be able to decode. I mean, and they and they even I know when we were talking about the cryptarchy, there is even references to specific um, decoding processes and decoding logarithms that are called out in game. Uh, when Raul and um, uh, Dead Man that I can't remember the name I've- of. Ives, when they were kind of like having their little chess game back and forth, they uh, they yeah. mentioned one of the one of the cryptologists 
who was responsible for cracking the code of the ancient Greeks. And like that, that I can't remember his name, but it was some really weird French name. But like he has an actual logarithm named after him that they use that we use in reality to to translate languages. Uh, it's like a tabla rasa, basically, that we use. And that was that's actually been mentioned nice. in game before. Nice. Well, let's go to a quick ad break and then we'll have Elemist read Anaphysics. So be right back. Hey there, my name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. All right, Elemist, you have Anna Physics. Do you have a, a decent Zavala voice for us? I can try. Yes. Zavala set down two glasses. He watched Anna's face as he poured velvet-looking liquor and filled them. Her eyes were focused on the grains of his desk. How... To the unobservant, they would fade away into the greater canvas of wood, indistinguishable from each other. The traveler hung behind him, buried in a darkening cloud, a part of and apart from the sky. I can't believe we lost, she said. We are not lost. Zavala pushed a glass toward Anna. I, I froze. We still don't even know what if we saved anything, she said. It's not so easy to act in the face of defeat. The prospect of a future is something we have to keep in mind. Anna glared at Zavala. Nothing we do is supposed to be easy. Isn't that the point? This was a stress test, and I buckled. Faith, Anna. You reminded me that we wrap ourselves in the doubt of past failures. Without you, the city would be ash and rubble more than once. Anna scooped the glass into her hand. She smelled the liquor, winced, and placed it back on the table. You believed in me. Rasputin was my job. Yes, and he still is a job for the future, Zavala said and sipped his drink. Now we have a new job. Eris needs our support. Tell me everything isn't over. When Cade passed, I saw the fracturing of the vanguard as a path toward inevitable failure. Still, it has proved impossible to fill his seat. I believed I would be too weak to lead without the balance added by his unique perspective. As it turns out, his life was but one in an, in an eternity of choices. Zavala, I don't want... Relax. I'm not offering you the job. Unless you killed Cade, and we've had the wrong man this whole time. If I did, would you forgive me? I'd understand, he said and smiled. Ikora told me back then that an object in motion stays in motion. I've always admired the phrase, but I must admit... It can be difficult to adhere to. Anna shook her head. That's just physics, a fundamental aspect of life. He watched Anna's mood lighten as she considered the words. We find the footholds we can and make the best step given the ground we have before us. Anna nodded. Whatever happened to Cade's chicken? Zavala sighed. I believe Saint has anointed it as some sort of pigeon lord. 
Anna's locked jaw melted into a face. Anna's locked jaw melted into a smile. Life does not want a for us. Life does not wait for us. No matter how long we live it, drink your drink. Zavala chuckled, his glass to his face, before the Lord of Pigeons summons us to attack the pyramids. <laughs> I love the Lord of Pigeons. Very important question. What type of liquor did Zavala give her? Fireball. Oh, he's not. I mean, he knits, but he's not that basic. Lemon drop. Not, <laughs> lemon drop. Well, lemon jello. Well, the thing is, it says velvet looking liquor so yeah I, I don't know i thought like a bourbon well like the reason, very like rich the reason i think fireball is because anna loves cinnamon that's how rasputin communicates no, with her Ras- <sighs> rasputin, this doesn't Just mean she loves it, it she may yeah. hate it yeah she you know Just she's because... you know she loves it she 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 likes that she pu- calls him big red big red oh, punk, pumpkin spice <laughs> pumpkin spice girl so anna's oh, basic man. Cool. I think I think this has been stated before by someone who is my co-host Maybe. that Anna is a basic. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of a basic. I don't know. Bee. I want to. I want to say Zavala is very sophisticated and has quite either the like whiskey yeah, collection fireball. or like a nice bourbon collection. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Not fireball. No, I'm not Goldschlager either. He's just drinking Jaeger out straight out of the bottle. Oh my god! That's all he drinks oh is god. Jaeger. No, yep. it's the same color I mean, as. If we all remember, Cade was basically drinking engine drink. coolant. So it's all, it's all yeah. Jaeger. It's all he drinks, and that's why his face looks the way it does. He's not actually <laughs> awoken. It's because of the Jaeger. Oh god! I thought that. K drink like melon liqueur. Yeah, like, I think it, it yeah. was um, grasshoppers. No, oh, it was. Uh, oh God, no! I think it actually did. They did say it. It's um, Midori. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Midori liquor. Yeah, I love Midori. Um, Midori is really good. It is. It's actually <laughs> really good. Um, I know. I know. Black Flag mentioned this in chat, and actually, I have the same thing written on my notes. Is with ref- with the revelation of the web lore. Um, which was they are not coming. Um, mm-hmm. When do you think this happened in relation to that? Because that dramatically changes the feel. Whether this happens prior to or following, are they not coming? I don't they are know not if they're actually that far apart because right, 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 Zavala right. has been but I mean I'm known just... to. I think this happens before they are not coming, but okay. I also think that. Zavala's relationship with Ikora is very different than Zavala's relationship with Anna. Yeah. Oh, that that may be Mm -hmm. more of a reason why he's still holding true to the the have hope and that kind of attitude that we know him to have. But with Ikora, he feels like he's known her. He doesn't have to put on, and she's seen him in his weakest places before with everything that happened in the Red War. That it would be very likely that he'd be more apt to reveal that kind of feelings, those kind of feelings with him. I had a question of: Does this mean this card mean that the Hunter Dare is still in effect, and we're just waiting for Aldrin to okay learn? Oh my gosh, such a bone to pick with this because that's not the Hunter Dare. Like the Hunter Dare is not. 
hey, you killed the Vanguard. You're now that thing. That's 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 never... Cade's dare, though. That's Cade's dare. And Zavala knew that. Right. Well, and the thing is, is though that I also have a problem with that because we don't know if that's actually a dare that was agreed upon by other hunters. And that's the thing with the Vanguard dare is all parties have to agree to it. You can't just make a blanket statement of like, oh, well, here's the thing, because that's not if you look back at how Andal and Cade's Vanguard Dare went, they both entered Mm -hmm. into it after it was declared open season for the Vanguard Dare. And the whole reason that is, is because it's the whole double dog dare idiocy that the hunters have where they're like, well, this is the biggest rush, you know, that we can get. And this is how, well, if I win, this is the bragging rights, basically. Um and also, yes, Neo is correct. Aldrin is dead, right? So, but the body of Aldrin is uh, if the we're body gonna if we're killed. gonna go if we're gonna be ruled lawyers about this. Technically speaking, the entity that killed Cade is no longer out there. Yeah, because your slates your slates get wiped clean by Zavala's oh, by the Vanguard's own teachings. New guardians are new guardians. They are new individuals that should be not held to the the past mistakes of their events. So, like, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I'm not saying that it's not going to be, you know, Crow or whoever, whoever Aldrin comes back as. I'm not saying that's not impossible, but I don't. I really, honestly, I think it would be really lazy. (laughs) Just personally, I think that'd be really lazy to be like, oh, you killed him. You're, you're it now. I, I don't, I mean, I just don't think yet. Orchid's going to prove me wrong. No, we were talking about this. Um, Elmas and I were talking about who we thought maybe symbolically who the Hunter Vanguard really has been for mm-hmm. the past year. And we haven't ever, no one's really ever talked about it as far as I know. And, and we both think it's kind of been Eris. And because she's, that, while but... she's not been in the tower, kind of like functioning as a vanguard she's been out doing what hunters do best which is go out into the field gather your own information protecting everybody their own way um doing her best to protect her flock getting all the information she needs because she really does care about everybody and while she might not have light anymore because she has whatever hive nonsense she currently has i think Mm -hmm. she's probably the better candidate to be the hunter vanguard than literally anybody else in the game because everyone else is trash I mean, yeah, I think that you need to She's put your like emotional your emotional person. baggage with pulled pork aside for a couple seconds. Um, and, and pulled pork <laughs> should be eradicated from this planet. From this from this no. No. Life in the adorable. Next. Okay, on I need to sidebar Cranfield redeemed like five thousand channel points and made me read pulled pork's freaking lore card on my stream and it hurt me deep yes. inside. Yes. And it made me Cranfield. really sad. Is that the one with Senchi when when Yes. That it one. might be a small guardian. Yep, it's at the very end of my stream, the last one I just did, so you can go back and watch it, because you can see my face doing it, because I had my face on, and I just hate every single second of it, so. Yes! Now I know what I'm doing next time I'm on stream with you. Right. Everyone's just going to start redeeming, go back and reread Pulled Pork, like, that's going to be... Like, we're giving you or a, I'll make an you actual read reason to hate him. Yeah. See, people are just yeah. We're we're backfilling. Uh, we're backfilling. The reason for her hatred is right there. Yeah, we're exactly. Retcon- we're retconning this. We're retconning this in a good way. 
Exactly. I have something that'll make you a little happy, though, Orchid. Oh, yeah? Is pulled pork going to not be in um, Beyond Light? (laughs) Because someone killed him. Our our pigeon lord and savior, Colonel, is still around somewhere. I do love that. (laughs) I love that he's been knighted as a pigeon lord. That's like, I believe Saint you... Fourteen has named him Lord of Pigeons. I love that. <laughs> like, I, I want him to have a tiny little Saint Fourteen helmet and to like yes. strut around <laughs> yes. the loading like bay of him, just like with like a little like. <laughs> have you seen Jake Myler's uh, Chicken <laughs> Hunter? <laughs> oh my gosh! So Jake did a lot of um, animal themed guardians. Uh, part of it for like ASPCA and mm-hmm. just like relief and stuff like that. But he did one of Colonel as a hunter with kind of like a Cade theme to it. I now want to see Colonel as Saint Fourteen with a flock of pigeons behind him, <laughs> and he's just charging forward. <laughs> Maybe with like a little costume. Oh, like you mean of that mice, picture of, of mice. the yes, yeah. One of honestly, I love for that people. one. People who don't do trials are really missing out. I'm sorry. I'm going to reveal myself as a PvP sweat for a second. Um, If you've never been to the lighthouse, there's an entire room full of birdseed. And there's a bunch of pigeons (laughs) at the lighthouse. Because that's where St. 14 hangs out. Because he's the one that gives you the chest at the end. So you can run around and find all the pigeons that are at the lighthouse. And like run into them and they scatter like pigeons. And then there's just like a whole room full of birdseed. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay. That's okay. amazing. So that means Saint carries his pigeons with him wherever he goes. Of course he does. Why wouldn't he? It's not just city pigeons. Yeah, they're Saint Fourteen's pigeons. Are, oh my gosh. I have how else is he supposed to infinite How forest? else does he get communication back to the tower from Mercury? Yeah, from Mercury. Yeah. How else? He <laughs> sends a homing plans, pigeon from Mercury plans, to Earth, obviously. A how homing else pigeon? do they get stuff back to the tower, Blue, Listen. with their pigeons? Pigeons. How else can they get their communication They're obviously back with their homing able pigeons to do extrasolar flight? To the tower with their pigeons when he's on Mercury. How hey, do they do that, It's Blue? a mystery. Space magic. Space magic. Do they have little space helmets? They just fly. Oh my gosh. You just said you wanted Saint 14 I... helmets for the Pigeon Lord. Yeah, they've all got Saint 14 it is, helmets. It is the decree of the Pigeon Lord that all pigeons have space suits so that Elvis they can is thus... now walking around his room because he is just we broke him. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have little jump ships? Yeah, little obviously. No, they are the jump ships. They are the jump style jump suits. I love that. The little, like they're the little, the little, the artist that's currently the little here that uh, wants to draw among that for us, me. among us suits, but <laughs> pigeon fied. No, all the pigeons fly their own small little version of the gray pigeon. Yeah, okay. that makes perfect sense. So, okay, I really have a slight bone to pick about this whole pigeon dick, right? Like, <laughs> Just one. Same like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Saint was, uh, mentioned as being, like, the birds of the city, like, really flocked to him, right? Like, that was the whole thing that started this whole pigeon bit. And now he's out of the infinite forest. He has new pigeons. Does he have, like, something wrong with him where pigeons are just attracted to him? Like, is he, like, got this mechanical, electrical thing that's going out all the time and they're just no, flocking pigeons, to him? No, pigeons are freaking rats. If they know that they'll, you're going to feed them, they just, like, flock to you. I think like, he just keeps pockets of birdseed. 
Yeah, I mean, well, it's not even pockets well, because if you remember from the lore, they actually poured seed into his exo frame. Exactly. That's what he would he walk. He would walk around. Scene. He is full of bird seed. Like he is. He is the uh, the he is oh, the, the, the straw the man. The scarecrow. From, yeah. The Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Of Oz but yes. Instead of straw, it's bird seed. Oh my god! Guys, if we put him in the microwave for a brain. couple minutes, we can lay him on our stomachs when we have cramps. He is a walking bird feeder. <laughs> All right, guys. So that stream is a good one. We're gonna call it good right there because green. <gasps> we have broken green and Elemis on the same stream. <laughs> like I don't know oh why god. this excites me, but it does. You guys are so funny. We knew this was going to happen when we get like all of us together. Some bird in one feeder, room. bird yeah. feeder, figuratively in one room. <laughs> you guys, you guys thought you had to pay extra for that upgrade to the exo frame. Oh. Now it comes comes standard standard model. Standard bird seed standard model with bird seed. Yeah, yeah it's a, there's a bird little feeder. Port if, that you there's can a, open yeah, there's that a little funnel that you can you can. So there's a funnel at the back of their head. You just pour the seed in, and it goes through, <laughs> and it just goes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just don't let it rain on him, because otherwise he turns into a chia pet. Oh, but that would be great, because then he'd have hair. Yeah, but that's why that's why you uh, you have to keep your exos in good condition, is because otherwise they'll they'll sprout bird they'll sprout uh, plants. Are there squirrels? <laughs> yes. Or the little what is it called for his helmet? The, the little chicken? mohawk part. That's actually uh oh yeah, that's the bird it's seed. Chia pet. It's a chia pet. They yeah, just yeah, decided. He just decided to be aesthetic about it and color it purple, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because yeah. the uh, the light radiation from the collapse just made the grass look yeah. weird. It did. It did. Obviously, it's slightly yes. borderlands as yeah. like Vex mm-hmm. sprout moss. Good job. Oh, Black do you Flag. know what? This explains so much. Okay, because he, hear me out. Because he has the light from the traveler, and it turned his chia pet you know fringe purple <laughs> it also irradiated and gave light to the bird seed that they put inside of him like some sort yep. of tube sock yep and that's um, why his so army of pigeons is able to survive the tube sock the radiated bird seed it also turned them into burb guardians therefore <laughs> yes. allowing them to fly to mercury on their own power there you we go like it. i said episode's Burp done Guardians. all right moving episode's on let's, let's, we can all go let's home, guys. go uh, let's go talk Life about vance now everything yep. Inclu- including pigeon we solved it your state 14 is really good almost yes this is true and you we look we really broke pins Russian on top accent. of that that's a trifecta all right mm-hmm. yeah okay let me just read black box we don't even have to talk about it because there's not much to talk about yeah actually black box <laughs> and then we can really close up literally conclude i hope john toe never hears this yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tweet. I John. hope John does John hear this because it's Toe. kind of amazing. Where is his Twitter? I'm gonna. Okay, so I'll go ahead and read Black Box real quick, and then we can close out everything because there's just not a whole lot to talk about. We kind of spoiled some of it already. So here's Black Box. As Anna Bray watched the Guardian Sparrow rocket across Hellas Basin for the last time, she saw a confidant who had believed in her when no one else would. That faith, Zavala had reminded her was a bond with more power than all the warmind weapons in the system. It was a promise to go on, an agreement that there was still a future. Jinju had called it reverse salvage. She knew a thing or two about building something from the wreckage of her past. The building was nearly empty. She had sent much, as much tech to the tower as they could handle, an entire freight's vessel worth, packed to bursting. She turned to the large glass window overlooking the silent Warsat cannons. There were no cabal, 
the death buried beneath Mars had quieted. Valkyrie subroutines that could be maintained remotely remained active just in case. Jinju ran final checks on the jump, sh- jump ship. A dark pyramid loomed overhead. An experimental exochassis was secured to the ship's cargo hold, one foot in front of the other. There's not a lot here to unpack, but there's some. All the enemies on Mars stopped fighting after Rasputin disappeared. Uh, the other thing that I think gets called out that I like that I liked with this one is, as with the other two that we've already discussed and we will be talking about with Vance's, um, you see this vendor's change in attitude or uh, their their view of the Guardian. Um, whereas, like, you know, Sloane saw someone who was competent and, and capable. Uh, Anna sees us as a confidant, as a, as a friend, basically, because she, I think it mm-hmm. says that we were one of the ones that had faith in her when no one else did. I thought that was I thought that was really cool is seeing the different and like even Asher Asher was like oh you were an adequate assistant you know it, it's it's cool to see how for some of these characters our our interactions with them have have actually allowed for character growth in their own way absolutely and that's pretty much it for that one I think there's not yep. a whole lot and else chat- unless you guys have something. Chat has confirmed my theory that the pigeons are the secret weapon of the last city. Um, it's going to be like Black Flag says. It's like a war of the worlds. The pyramids can fight off the guardians. They won't see the pigeons coming. They'll get them. Bird poop. It gets in everything. Homing pigeons. homing pigeons. It's all about the homing pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> you fight like a caged animal. <laughs> like, just imagine him... <laughs> Just imagine him with, like, an army of pigeons. You fight like a caged animal. And we've broken Orchid now, too. So, anyways, let's wrap it up. We've got them all. <laughs> Gotta break them uh, all. Shout-outs. Any shout-outs from uh, Orchid or uh, Elemist? No. Thank you for having us. I, why am I saying that? I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> now. You're on the show now. <laughs> it's Habit. Habit is like, I'm allowed I'm to be here. here. I'm allowed to be. You guys did this to yourselves. Uh, shout out to you, you guys for for allowing this. Like this is fun. Like I was, I was calm. I was ready, and then I got to the part <laughs> where I read about the pigeon lord, and I'm like, oh, it's all. It's over. all over. Yeah, it's, it's all, all over. over. <laughs> like that's where I started screwing up. Yep. Yeah, I saw you, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> can't edit this episode. It's live. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I I love the live readings though because it, you just get those moments in lore where it just shocks you, and it just causes you to trip over yourself a little bit. And I think the pigeon lord, it's shocking no matter how many times you read the card. Exactly, because so, like oh, I've read that card yeah. like three other times. Yep. Oh. My shout out actually goes to you, LMS, for putting up with Blue and I, because you've gotten kind of a, a mega dose of the two of us recently. And so it shout out goes to Orchid deals with us all the time. Shout out to you for de- dealing with us and learning how to uh, function in our crazy side of the the podcast world. I don't know. I, apo- I apologize the, for the, nothing. Welcome to behind the scenes focused fire chat, almost. No, oh, that see, happens see. later when we get the the after dark. Oh, those are those text <laughs> messages. I see. See, green, you're you're easy to deal with. Blue is doing all documentation, so I'm just like, all right, 
if you need something, I'll I'll answer. I'll be here. You guys are nice. just sending each other like supernatural gifts, which I don't even. Yeah, isn't that how you're supposed to I communicate with, with people? Old... That's like literally hey. what you're doing. You're just sending each other supernatural gifts, like like I sat there. The most beautiful gift was Cass sitting there with awkward silence under him, and that one lasted <laughs> for like four hours. <laughs> The longer it went on, that there was no response, the funnier it was to me. Green is just like, I'm done. I'm, can I leave this chat room now? I already deal now? with this with Blue and his brother. Blue and his brother get on a kick where they're just supernatural gifts and having conversations via those gifts for four hours straight. Every now and then, we, every so the now and then we'll throw in a twist and put a Doctor Who do gif in there. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm totally down with that. <laughs> goodness all right blue wrap this up um i just wanted i wanted to start it (laughs) i wanted to give a shout out uh just to you guys for for putting up with everything i know this past week has been rather crazy for i think everyone um the other thing is um it's actually my wife's birthday uh so i wanted to give her a big shout out and wish her a happy birthday um but other than that, that is all I got. Um, if if Green didn't say so, which I think she probably did, be sure to check out thelorenetwork.com. Uh, let us know if there's anything that we can do to make it a better experience for you guys. And then also be sure to like and review or leave us a review. Leave us some comments over on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this particular episode, uh, as well as giving a review for the Destiny Lore audio file series that Green has going. Um, but other than that, just wanted to, as always, thank you for your time. Until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.